you're reading through the Bible reading schedule, we've just covered the life of Joseph, and uh, it's hard not to get something out of that. Isn't this a really an amazing uh, story? One of my favorite uh, favorite men in the Bible, Joseph. Genesis chapter 37, begin reading with me in verse 3. Now Israel, Jacob, loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. Verse 7, he begins to tell them his dream. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheep arose and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obeisance to my sheep. Verse 8, and his brethren said unto him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us? Or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. Well, you read this, and Joseph's life starts off, he's 17 here at this this point, and he's his father's favorite. And... And then he gets this dream, he gets a calling, God shows him his future, if you will, and it's bright. I mean, you know, he's going to have his brothers, you know, bow down before him and all these sort of things. This is great, right? This is wonderful for Joseph. Wouldn't you agree? At this point in Joseph's life, it's like, what? this is good. I'm dad's favorite. Now God's showing me my future's good, my future's bright. What could go wrong? Right? When, you, when you're at this point in the story, oh, this is wonderful. I believe Joseph innocently, I believe it was innocently, just because of his whole attitude and demeanor, told his family his dream. It may have been foolish, though. But maybe not. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe they were supposed to know. You ever think about that? Sometimes we look at these things and we said he should have done this or he should have done that. But maybe not. Maybe his brothers were supposed to know the dream and maybe they were supposed, God knew their heart, and they were supposed to get angry and more angry with them. Not everybody is always happy about your calling. When God puts a call, when God gives you a vision, when God gives you a purpose, you would think that they would, but... Not everybody always is. That's hard to explain, isn't it? I hope it is. I hope our hearts are in such a way that we don't understand that. There's a whole lot more to this story. We know that. And there's a lot more twists, aren't there? From this point on. His brothers, for envy, the Bible says, for envy, they wanted to kill him. But then... Being the nice guys that they were, they just settled on selling him as a slave for 20 pieces of silver. Wow. 
this is not going the way that Joseph had in mind, I'm sure, the moment that he got his vision, the moment that he got his dream. These boys, his brothers, they misled their father, told him, you know, they put the blood on the coat, misled him, thought he was killed. So Joseph goes in as property now of Potiphar. He's a slave. And God blesses him because of his attitude. God's with him. He finds favor with God and man, Joseph does. And he begins to uh, rise up to the, to the highest in Potiphar's house and command. And then what? The lot. Potiphar's wife lies about him. We all know the story, and it's really the worst kind of lie, right? Because he was trying to do right, and she was trying to do wrong, and then it all got turned around on him to where he's the one that's in trouble. And he ends up in the dungeon, right? This is, this is how Joseph's life goes after this dream. <laughs> you know? And he's in the dungeon, and God even prospers him there keeper of the prison, puts him above all the stuff that he has and trusts him with all these things and God's blessing him, blessing him there. And, and we know the story how that in just a, just a moment, God brings him from the lowest, one of the lowest points in his life and at 30 years old, Joseph becomes the ruler of Egypt. Just like that. And there's, but there's 13 years there, according to my math, that he didn't know what was going on. Can you, can you picture that? He's like, what, God, have you forgotten? Let me ask you a question. Had God forgotten? Did God say, oh, I was going to have this plan for Joseph. I really was going to have, bless him and have all these dreams come true. But then bad stuff started to happen and I kind of lost control in the middle. Huh? That didn't happen, did it? God never in that whole period forgot His plan for Joseph. Now we understand Him as we read down through the story, we understand Joseph's spirit and his attitude was good. Even through the hard stuff, even through the bad stuff. But you got to imagine, and I believe we even have evidence of it, that the, the, the years he spent as a slave, the years he spent in the dungeon, he had to be saying, God, I thought you had a plan for me. God, I thought you had something else for me. I can't see it. I, I got to trust. He had to have trusted. He had to have believed because that's the only way to have a right spirit and a right attitude in that sort, type of situation. Later in the story in, in Genesis chapter 41 or 42, his brothers, when things start going bad for them, they said to the, amongst themselves, this, this stuff must be happening because of we saw, they said to themselves, we saw the anguish of Joseph's soul, how he besought us. Can you imagine Joseph being sold off into, into slavery and him crying? Him begging his brothers not to do this, not to let this happen. He was human, just like us. Don't do this to me. Don't allow this to happen. I guarantee if he was begging his brothers for mercy, he was begging God for mercy too. Thinking, what is going on? Why are these things happening? This is not what I envisioned. 
Now take your Bibles and turn all the way to the end of Genesis, to Genesis chapter 50. This is really what I wanted to get to. This is the, this is the verses that want us to go away with in our mind. Genesis chapter 50 and verse 19. You know the context here. All the, the boys' dad, Jacob, he'd passed away. And now they're thinking, uh-oh, Joseph's going to get back at us, right? So they make up this thing that, you know, dad didn't want us to get hurt and all this. And they go to Joseph begging for mercy, more or less. And what's Joseph say here in verse 19? And Joseph said unto them, fear not. For am I in the place of God? That is an interesting question, isn't it? That right there gives us a window into Joseph's heart of his perspective on life, on issues, on himself, and how he looks and deals with other people. He says, am I in the place of God? But as for you... You thought evil against me. That's true. Their heart was bad. But God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Now, therefore, fear ye not. I will nourish you and your little ones. And he, look at this. And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. Wow. What a Joseph in the Old Testament, by the way, is such a picture of Christ. Isn't he? We see his heart here. I mean, this is a good heart. Clean, clear from all of that hurtful stuff that would have been completely natural for us to feel toward our brothers if we had been done the way that Joseph was done. Would you not agree with that? There is something about losing gracefully, right? That's good. And there's also something about winning gracefully. We see that pictured here in Joseph's I mean, he had the power. He had the upper hand. Paul talks about in Philippians 4, 11 and 12, not that I speak in respect of what, for I have learned, he says, in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know how to be abased like Joseph, and I know how to abound like Joseph. And everywhere in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and suffer need. He says, hey, in, in, in success and in failure, I'm, I'm, I'm trusting God. I'm content in God. I, I'm, be, I'm believing that God is still in control. Isn't that what we should be doing as Christians? Just believing that God is still in control. You know this, he said, am I in the place of God? You know what Joseph knew? He knew his place. And that's important. He knew his place and he knew God's place. We get that right, and then we're <laughs> everything else just 
becomes a little more easier to see the perspective. He could have, Joseph easily could have, bought into the Egyptian mindset. Right? Hey, I'm second in command. I'm like a god. I can do whatever I want. Or he could have just took the mindset of, hey, God promised that I would be in charge, that my brothers would bow down to me, and now it has come to pass, it has happened, so now I can do whatever I want. I can revenge him. I can take vengeance, right? But he didn't. We have to get God in His rightful place in our lives and in our hearts in order to be able to see things clearly in our own lives and to see things clearly in other peoples that we're, we interact with. This begins as salvation, does it not? This begins with receiving Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. We say that, but sometimes we say that so fast that we don't think of the words, the, that He is our Lord. God, amen. He is, he is what is first in our lives. He becomes, when we surrender to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, it means we accept His payment for our sins, the payment that He made on the cross. We accept Him. But we accept Him as the Lord and Savior, King of our lives, King of our hearts. I don't, we, we, all of us, don't really have a grasp of what it would be like to have a King. But we do have a king. And it is Jesus Christ. And so keeping him first in our lives, putting him in the rightful place where he belongs, then things begin to work out. As Christians, we have to remember this. Keeping him in the, He's the boss. It's just, it's just that simple. And he knows what's going on. Jesus said, Why call you me Lord, Lord? And do not the things that I say. That's an interesting question, right? And that's what I was just saying. We call Him, you know, our Lord and Savior, but yet do we treat Him like He is our, our, our King, our Lord? For salvation, maybe, but do we on, in, in all the other aspects in our life? He does know what's going on. And when we recognize Him as in control... Our perspective begins to change. You know, you and I, we're, in the, we're down here, and we're in the mix. And, and a lot of times it's hard to, you know, see through it all clearly. Would you agree with that? <laughs> but he has a better perspective. He can see it all. He can see the past. He can see the future. He sees the present. He sees each person's heart. And yet he is involved in each of our lives. Each believer's lives. He's involved. And He leads us and guides us. That is really the thing that sums up in the best way Joseph's life. Is that the Lord was with him. It even says that about when he was in Potiphar's house. Think about that for a second. If the Lord was with him, why was he he property of Potiphar? You know? But then we begin to see, hey, God's plan sometimes is a little different than ours. God never left Joseph when he was in the when he was in the pit. He never left him when he was in the dungeon. He was still with him through it all. 
That is sometimes the mindset we think, if God's with us, then nothing bad's going to happen. I don't see that in Scripture. Actually, it's a lot of times a different, different thing that I see, that God wanted to use Moses. So what did he do? He took him to the backside of the desert, right? God anointed David king, right? And then what happened? He began to run for his life, <laughs> right? Even Paul was prophesied that he was going to preach to Jews, Gentiles, and kings. And how did that come about? In bondage, right? God promised Abraham that he was going to have seed like the sand of the sea and the stars of the sky. But yet he was a hundred. Sometimes God's ways, I know this shouldn't be surprising to us, but God's ways are not our ways. And that's the whole thing of faith. That's the whole thing of trust. That when it, you know, it would be easy to have faith if everything went our way as we planned it, right? It wouldn't even be faith. It's faith when it doesn't go that way. When it, when it, when we have a lot more questions than we have answers, and yet we still trust God and still believe Him. You know what throws us? A lot of times in God's plan for our life is when evil shows up. When something bad happens, we think, oh yeah, well God, He did have a plan for me, right? Yeah, God did call me to something. God had a purpose in my life, but then they. But then they did this to me. Or even, I did this to me. Then I did this to me, and now... God can't use me. God doesn't have the purpose or the calling. Is that true? That's not true at all, is it? God was working through... He said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. God is able to work around, work through even the evil of the other people. If we have the right heart, if we have the right heart toward God, it really doesn't matter what other people do. Does it? It doesn't. It really doesn't matter what they do. It will work out. We just have to trust it. Believe it. If God's working, if we're trusting, if God has a plan for our life and we're trusting Him, is there anything or anybody that can stop that? There isn't, is there? It's a familiar verse, but it's good for us to remember Romans eight twenty eight, And we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God, right? That's the key, isn't it? Love God. If we love Him, we trust Him. We have that faith in Him. For them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose, for whom He did foreknow, He also did predestine to be conformed to the image of His Son. You and I as born-again believers, are being conformed to the image of His Son. You say, yeah, but something bad just happened in my life. I feel like I just took three steps backward. I'm sure Joseph didn't feel closer to his brothers bowing down to him when they threw him in the pit and sold him into slavery, did he? But he was, wasn't he? He was, you know, there was a lot of different ways God could have took him there, there was a lot of different ways that God could have took Joseph and put him in power in Egypt to save much life. But you know the way he took him? He took him the low way. 
That's the way he took Joseph. He says, for whom he did foreknow, he did predestine to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. If we're his child, if we're, if we're God's child, he is working in our lives. Even if it looks like we're stepping back. Even if it looks like things aren't going right. Even if you don't feel right. You may say, man, I just feel, I feel like nothing's happening. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I feel backslidden. I feel this, I feel that. Well, you know what? Maybe God's working something out in your life. Just trust Him. Just draw close to Him. Maybe he's got a plan that he had to take you through this to get you to. It is a good place when we come to the spot in our life, no matter how we get there, when we don't trust in ourselves. We don't trust in our own strength and our own abilities to please God and be spiritual. To do God's work. We trust him and trust him alone. Don't take the call of God, don't take a vision, don't take the dream that God's given you lightly. Hold on to it. How often do you think Joseph thought of that? I mean, he had the dream. And how often do you think he thought of it while he was in the dungeon or when he was in slavery? And can you imagine what, what it was like when it sunk in? that the dream had come true? I'm sure that as soon as he was brought out of the the dungeon and he was made ruler over Egypt, he went to work right away to try and make Egypt prosperous and to save folks from the famine that was to come. I'm sure Joseph had a lot of busy years. But that moment that the Bible talks about when he looked down and his brothers didn't recognize him and there they were bowing down before him, asking him, for just enough food to survive. I can imagine that he sat there and thought, wow, God, you did work this out. I didn't see it. I didn't see it for a little while. Got a little questionable. But God, you did work it out. And his heart at that moment was pure because of his perspective of God being in his rightful place. The Bible says that he he was going to nourish them, right? That he was going to comfort them and speak kindly to them. That's amazing. All of us can relate to this. I believe this is very human. That when someone does us wrong, and when someone hurts us bad, how are we going to act? What are we going to do? What if you had the person that maybe came to mind uh, when I just said that? What if you had all the power to do whatever you wanted and could get away with it? What would you do? Would you take the vengeance? Would you get back? I don't know. I, I, I dare to say that probably no one in here has been done as bad as Joseph was by an employee or employer, employer's wife. <laughs> Lied about so bad that you're thrown into the dungeon, right? 
no one had probably in here has been done as bad as Joseph was by family. He could have held grudges, right? He could have gotten bitter. He could have blamed others, right? Could have just blamed people. And and you and I had come along beside him, we wouldn't even we wouldn't even blamed him for blaming people. <laughs> you know? We'd have been like, yeah, wow, that's pretty bad. But he didn't. He didn't. He saw God, and he saw God's hand work through it. Romans 12, 19, the Bible says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. God will take care of it. God will take care of us. He can handle it. He can handle the... People doing us wrong. People, he, and especially with other Christians, it's not our, you know, it's not our job to try and correct God's children. We don't need to. We we would have a hard life doing that, wouldn't we? We would. It would not be pleasant. Trust me, for you or anyone around you. If you're angry about life, if you're upset about how other people have acted. Or maybe you're trying to figure everything out. That's hard to do. It's hard to try and try and understand everything, try and control the plan. Isn't that hard? The plan of life, trying to control all the circumstances. First off, we can't. And then we're miserable when it doesn't work out. You know what we got to do? We got to just trust God. We just have to trust Him and say, hey, day by day, you're leading me, you're guiding me, keep the right spirit, keep the right attitude, keep the bad stuff out of the heart so that one day we can say, am I, you know, am I in the place of God? I don't, I don't see all the, the, the whole spectrum like He does. So in closing, where are you at right now? Has God called you to something? Has God given you a dream? Has God told you? Has He put something in your your heart? Don't let go of that. Don't let go of that even if it looks like it's not going to happen. Even if it looks like it's impossible to happen. Don't let go of the calling of God, the purpose of God. And trust Him. Believe Him in all that He does, in every direction that He takes us, even when things look ugly, even when things look bad, even when people are doing us wrong. Say, God, help me. Use this in my life to draw me closer to you. And He will, won't He? Genesis 50, 19 and 20. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God. But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much life, much people alive. God put Joseph in his place, didn't he? No one could argue that. How did Joseph get to where he was at? How did Joseph get to where he was at? God put him there. And Joseph put God in the right place in his heart. And you know what? That works really, really well. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we come before you. God, help us.
as individuals to put you first in our heart. God, help us to not try and control everything because we can't, but Lord, help us to just trust you. Help us to follow you. Help us to believe that what you've called us to, you're able to do. God, what you would put in our heart, you're able to perform. God, help us to not hold anger, not hold bitterness against other people, but God, let, help us to see it as part of your plan, part of how you're working in our life for our good. God, we need you. Lord, help us to have a pure heart toward you, a clean heart, so that we can hear what you're saying and see what you're doing. God, please help us. Help us as a church to put you first and keep you first and keep you as our all in all. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.